0: Hi, Gary Wilkerson here with the Gary Wilkerson Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I'm here with Joshua West. Joshua, thanks for co-hosting with me. I've been really enjoying our past few months together. I think we're hitting some content that's helping people grow in their faith.
1: Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it too. It's not only been um, hopefully beneficial for the people watching, but it's been very personally edifying for me yeah. just to be able to you know think through some of these things and I think some of the best things we we learn sometimes is conversational, you know. And, mm-hmm. and guys like us are preachers, so we're used yeah. to preaching. But <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, uh, yeah. it's neat to be able to hear a minister talk and then say, "Hey, here's a thought I have on that."
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Josh and I we we met in um, originally. You came to Colorado. You were doing a film about uh, Teen Challenge and my father and my uh, uncle Don Wilkerson's life and. Uh, that's available now. I think it's opened up online, right? Uh, it's
1: a, it's at uh, the ministry I came from, Sunrise Adult and Teen Challenge. They have a YouTube channel and uh, it's available for free view on there. It's a 30-minute documentary. It's a really powerful message about um, the origins of Teen Challenge and the beginnings of your dad's ministry in New York.
0: And when you came to my house, we went down to my basement. I have this where my study is. Um, my inner sanctum, very few people get to, get to see that. You're probably only one of maybe like 10 people that have actually been in there, just not because it's holy or sacred, or I try to avoid having guests there. It's right. just, it's in the basement and it's just a room, but it's just filled with books. And I could say, I could see like, I could see your eyes. You know, I can tell when somebody walks into that study, I can tell, you know, where they go or they're drawn like a magnet. They're like I'm going over here to the John Owen section, or right. here's the, here's the you know the the different uh, you know a lot of the Puritan writers, the uh, the reformers and stuff. And so we started talking about that, and we we really realized we hit it off, you know, relationally, but also spiritually in the sense. So let me just take a little bit back, background. Um, so if if any of our listeners like me grew up in a Pentecostal charismatic background, most likely, you have a particular set of doctrine. that's probably closer to the Armenian type of faith. Uh, you are saved by your move of faith, and then God sees that faith, rather than uh, like an election where Christ comes and does the work of salvation, uh, and you surrender to that. Um, and the the one of the podcasts we did, the security of your faith, that uh, that would probably not be a Wesleyan Armenian, right? Uh, traditional some of the God, Pentecostal mm-hmm. background. So that's where I grew up That's and you kind of re- experienced that earlier in your faith too. But but my dad kind of, uh, I'm going to blame it on my dad if anybody's concerned <laughs> about little Gary Wilkerson here. was like, Gary, are you saying you're Reformed? Yes, I am. I'm a Reformed, mm-hmm. charismatic, uh, believe in the gifts, uh, but I also believe in the Reformed theology. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, and why I'm blaming it on my father is he gave me all these books, the books you saw in my library, right. and they, they are men of God who write clearly, sharply, uh, almost li- uh, like lawyerly, uh, they, like, you know, say they're talking about the security of the believer. They'll give you like 60 points on the security of the believer and they'll list them all. And then they'll right. give you like five scriptures on each of the point they make. You can't get away from that and be convinced of that. You know, and before that time, I, ha- I was, I was, you know, you used a scripture today earlier when, you were talking about don't waver between two opinions. Man, that was my early theological reality. Uh, I would read one thing and I'd go like, that sounds convincing to me, and there's some scriptures that support it. When I read something else, you go, well, there's that, and and you know, you're know, you wavering between two opinions. and. What the reform writers did uh, the, the, was brought me to the weightiness of that. It's like, oh, th- there is one scripture that seems to say this, but there's fifty that seem to say that. Right. And when you interpret that one through that lens of those fifty others, that scripture makes more sense now rather than being confused about them, you're actually edifying that one scripture uh, speaks you know, just almost might, might be a warning, don't take that other scriptures for advantage. And right. so it's so it's amazing. So anyway, you and I we hit it off and, you know, now we're doing these podcasts and so we're talking about some of these issues, what it's like to be reformed and charismatic, because most reformed people are not charismatic and most charismatic people aren't reformed. Right. And so you you're kind of in a it's a little bit of a smaller tent. Right. And when I say smaller tent, I don't mean you know, it's like this is our little tent and you can't come in unless you can't play with us <laughs> unless you right. uh, have these particular doctrines. Most of the people that we relate to are, you know, not in in our our mode of interpreting scripture. Right. And so, yeah, I'm kind of rambling on here. Sorry about that. No, but, uh, but yeah, the, you, you know, so you looked at those books and we hit it off. And that's why we're, that's why we're doing these podcasts here. And, and um just want to thank you. I, I I have very few people in my life that I just sort of. Can just start talking, and all of a sudden talking, you know, so when we're, even when the cameras aren't on, right? You know, because our offices are pretty close to each other,
1: definitely <laughs> uh, in, the, in the building
0: right over here. Um, you know, we, we you know we'll, we'll just get uh, get going. You know, and before long, we look at the watch. I was like, oh man, I missed an appointment. <laughs> so,
1: no doubt. Yeah, I love I,
0: talking about Jesus. I love talking about theology. I love talking about doctrine. I, I, my heart grieves when people diminish those things. Like, oh, just you know. You know, just all that scholarly, you know, Bible interpretation, exegesis, uh, hermeneutic, all that stuff is, you know, for the, you know, is this, you know, people call seminaries the cemetery. Right. There are some that are, right? No doubt. But, yeah. but, man, there there are some seminaries that are bringing out young men with fire in their bones and understanding the word of God. Definitely. And I think they're better trained if they get the right seminary, the right Bible teaching at that school. Yes, or at the church they go to that brings forth sound doctrine they're they're more li- able to contend for the faith they're Definitely. more able to refute that and that's the scripture that I have and then that I want you to to, to chime in, into this as as well First Timothy chapter 1 verse 3 as I urged you when I was going to Macedonia remain at Ephesus so that you may charge certain persons not to teach any, different doctrine, nor devote themselves to myth or endless genealogy which promotes speculation rather than stewardship from God that is by faith. The aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Certain persons Swerving from these, have wandered into vain discussions, desiring to be teachers of the law, without understanding either what they're saying or the things that make them self-confident. So obviously, Paul is telling Timothy, get absorbed in the gospel, get absorbed in sound doctrine, and then you can charge certain people. And you're doing it in love. I love that he attaches that there, that mm-hmm. that uh, this is this, this charge is from uh, is is love that issues from a pure heart. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not. Uh, hatred. It's not anger. Now, we do hate true true false prophets or false teachers. We hate that they're doing that to the body of Christ. Right. But there are some that just, there There's there some doctrinal issues that need to be, well, exactly what it says here, charge certain persons not to teach that. That's really foreign in our culture today, isn't it? That you would actually, char, you know, I, don't, I don't know the Greek meaning of this word charger. I haven't taken time to look at it, but you know, it's a pretty powerful word just in its English in itself, charge them. Speak deeply and strongly into their heart. Do it with love and a sincere heart. But but make sure you're being clear about this. That this is this is not. And, and we did that last week, I believe, in our episode um, when we were talking about the love of money. Yeah. Um, that for I think we were both speaking from this p- issue. We we charge people don't teach those or we charge people don't listen to those who teach. If they refuse to listen to the charge of sound doctrine, then you know dismiss them from your hearing. some...
1: The uh, the Greek word used there is the same Greek word used in Second Timothy chapter four. Where so you make me
0: feel bad now. I don't know the Greek, and you do, man. This is... <laughs> but it's, it's
1: okay. Um, there's many things that I've learned from you. <laughs> so you. that's that's arpen, iron sharpening iron. But but I think the the word can also be translated command. I'm charging wow. you. I'm commanding you. It's yeah. it's that's that's really the sort of um, you know, the uh, the intent behind it. So you know, the idea that I'm commanding you, I'm charging you, and He is doing this as an apostle, uh, you know, like it says in Galatians, not set sent by men, but sent by God. And so this is they're speaking with the authority of God's word. And so I think sometimes people take doctrine. Um, we you know a lot of people especially in sort of seeker sensitive or even more charismatic camp sometimes today it hadn't always been this way seem to have an allergy to the word doctrine mm-hmm. and because they they think about you know one of our sort of uh, heroes in the faith someone that's a little thinks a little different than us but still man it said a lot of good things, uh you quoted him earlier was ravenhill you know leonard ravenhill but the idea that there is such a thing as dead doctrine Mm -hmm. i mean here's what he was talking about there are people that are coming out of seminaries Mm -hmm. there's no life in them there's no power in them you know and they have these you know legalistic dead doctrines that have no real application to their life But just because there's people that have dead doctrine or not applied doctrine or not, um, you know, regenerated doctrine doesn't mean that doctrine itself is wrong. All through the Bible, it's telling us to to be anchored to God's word and to be build our life on God's word. And and so I think the the two things can't be put at contradiction of each other. Um, We 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 come to the word of God to know God, but we also need the spirit of God uh, to live these things out. And so I think the 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 subtle you know uh, sort of seduction of the false teacher is is propagating the power of god right. but suddenly move but subtly moving away from the clearly defined revelation of god's word and i think that's what happens and so they say you know hey you don't want to be dead like that church down the street or that pastor they're not full of life so i have the power of god and here's what i'm saying um Uh, Well, I don't care what you're saying. And when we talk about men who've written weighty books that we admire, the reason I admire them is not because they were quote unquote generals of the faith is because these are men that desperately wanted to know God from his word and as imperfect as many of them are made things about the word of god so clear to me and here's the thing that really drew you know there are men who are you know i do have an affinity for the puritans and for uh post-reformation writing and, and that sort of stuff is a real a unique time in in our modern you know the last several hundred years um but there are many men um and it's and i and the thing that really separates them isn't this necessarily uh you know reformed or non-reformed divide it's this idea that the word of god is is god's revealed word and we have to know him from this word um the reason i begin to you know come into reformed faith more and more is because i just found that more of these men in my humble opinion were men of god's word mm-hmm. you know i believe in the free will of man and the and the sovereignty of god but if i'm have to Error on one side or the other it's going to be in the sovereignty of God Um, I believe that that I do not participate in my salvation but because I'm saved I do exhibit fruits and works but if I need to cling to something it's not going to be in myself it's going to be in the finished work of Christ and so this elevation of Christ this elevation of the sovereignty of God this elevation of God's word is a very safe place for the Christian man or woman to be and so it's not like picking a camp It's really about trying to say, and this is in our generation, this is the dividing line in Christianity. How do you view God's word? And the misuses of it are so subtle. The prosperity gospel, so subtle. The name it, claim it, so subtle. The new apostolic reformation, having a form of godliness, but denying the actual power of Christ. And so I think that's why it's so important. I was going to read uh, just a quick scripture here and um, get back into what we were talking about. But you know, I like in the, you know, we we talk about uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus. We also have Jude, the half-brother of Jesus. And in, in Jude's epistle, I, I always liked this uh, in Jude chapter only <laughs> um, <laughs> in verse 3 because there's only one. You could say chapter 1, but there's only one yeah. chapter. So just Jude verse 3, it says, Beloved, although I was eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write a pill, to appeal to you to contend for the faith that was once and all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And then he goes and gives this very um, sharp rebuke and this sharp warning towards false teachers, and even at some point saying that these men are like trees that are uprooted and twice dead, um, you know, and for them, you know, is reserved the darkest night. So this isn't, I think, the problem with people when they look at you calling out or correcting false doctrine is they they really say, who are you? what makes you right and them wrong
0: you may have you, what about your own false doctrine what about right? your own
1: false doctrine that's, right, yes. that's a quote yes. from quote from Joel but the but the thing I would say is the per, the true man of God isn't elevating himself above this he is surrendering underneath this so before I'm a preacher of the gospel I'm a man who is subject to the word of God and with humility and heaviness of heart I preach the words of God and even like Paul this will be the last thing I say even like Paul saying, that he himself has to guard himself so that he might not be disqualified by the words he preaches. So so the the elevation is of Christ and that Christ as revealed to us in the scripture. The, the last thing I'll say is this. He says that we're here to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. There, there may be new insights I haven't seen into God's word because I'm still growing in sanctification, but there aren't new insights into God's word. There aren't new gospels. There aren't new levels. There, all of this stuff is is garbage. It is centered around the finished work of Christ, and, and, and here, as imperfect as I am according to God's word, this is what we contend for when we talk about. The prosperity gospel, or name it, claim it, or whatever else.
0: Yeah, my mind goes to so many different directions, but you know that just comment a few of those. The, the new, you know, one of the things I prided myself on when I was a young preacher is like people come up to me afterwards and say like, I never saw the scripture that way. That's 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 new to me, and I go like, oh, that's exciting. And I remember talking to a college professor. Uh, I was teaching homiletics. I said, "Yeah, it's like, <laughs> man, I'm so excited about my teaching." People say, "It's you know, I, I'm, it's like I'm saying some things they've never heard before." And he said, "Well, it's probably wrong then. <laughs> yeah. If if the church has never heard it before, it's not true
1: that's because right. the
0: church has been hearing these things, the same doctrine, same good, solid faith teaching for 2,000 years then, and mm-hmm. and so you know, and some biblical second thing I'd say is some some there's some b- biblical examples. Of this working well, of contending for the faith, or charging not to teach, Paul did this to Peter when Peter was pulled away by uh, the false teachers of those who wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. Right, and and so he publicly said, "I wouldn't with I wouldn't even stand this for a minute." I, I got in that, you know, and, and and I did that. So that's a good example of that. And apparently Peter and Barnabas received him because they they seem to get that thing corrected. So it's it's not a it's not like uh, I'm right and you're wrong and I'm going to prove it to you. It's like we're brothers and we both want to know the truth. And if you have something that you're seeing in my teaching and my doctrine and my lifestyle, bring it on and it's going to bless me. Or And if I withhold that from you, if I see something that, hey, you just, you know, and I gave you an article the other day and you brought it back with some underlined things and saying like, hey, hey, this is, this, this doesn't quite line up with the, the word there. And you're spot on, you know, and th- those things bless one another, so Paul did that to, 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 to Peter, and and it was you know, it was fruitful. The the, the 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 when we do this, it's it's not a it's not a wicked thing that we're doing or a mean spirited thing. That's why it says to you know First Timothy, doing it doing it in love, not doing it with uh, an anger or. But but the the let me just comment it for a few minutes, and maybe uh, you may have something no, you're thinking, you. but also.
1: I took plenty I would, of time. It's your turn. Okay, I would <laughs> like
0: for us to talk for a few minutes. I think we could really help people here. Mm-hmm. We're talking about doctrine, okay? Uh, sound doctrine. Um, pay attention to your doctrine. Contend for the faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's let's help people do that a little bit. First thing I would say, it's it's uh, being tethered to the Word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, run from teachers that will tell you, um, like Andy Stanley has just done. Untether yourself from the Old Testament. Uh, it's not trustworthy it's not infallible well then that mm-hmm. means what jesus taught about the old testament is not fa- it could be fallible maybe jesus didn't understand and so it's just it's a house of cards that you pull the old testament the whole thing falls <clears throat> so so tether yourself to genesis to revelation i would also say if you want to if you want to if you don't want to just know some thoughts a lot of christians sort of have a light understanding of a lot of subjects I would prefer, if I was pastoring still, I'd rather prefer my people to know in depth to, to the point of no longer wavering between two opinions. They are rock solid on the foundation of the scripture of certain points and doctrines. And so a couple recommendations would be run from those who are untethered from scripture, tether yourself to scripture, Find you know, think of key doctrinal points, salvation, sanctification, uh, redemption, the the glorification, uh, you know, second coming. These you know, some several key issues, and and come come away with said this is what I believe, and be clear about it, be precise about it. And a second way that I think come to sound doctrine is one thing that I've done a little bit more in the second half of my ministry. Is, is I still don't mind reading through the Bible in a year. That's that's I, I highly commend recommend that.
1: <clears throat>
0: I would prefer. Again, if I'm discipling people, I would prefer them choose one book and devour it. And like, with you know, you and I have been looking at Hebrews, we're writing a book on Hebrews. Um, my wife and I spent a long season and still doing it to some degree, spending every morning and every night reading through the whole book of Hebrews twice a day. Now, I know we're, you know, some people, they're working 10, 12 hours a day on a job, then coming home and taking care of wife and kids and our kids, mm-hmm. husband and kids. And so they can't take, you know, two hours to study Hebrews. But, you know, you could. Take three chapters a day and read it, and and stay planted in a in a book. You know, some people call it like a bumblebee sort of takes a little bit of honey here and there. Uh, you know, but but that's not. We're not looking at you know the bumblebee. We're looking at you know devouring it, mm-hmm. and staying staying in <clears throat> in a place to to, to, to dig the, the the fruit from it. Going beyond that, then. And and you can spend your rest of life there without going anywhere else, but I would recommend two things that people really don't look at is in and you and I don't think we ever talked about this, but the the old creeds, oh yes, uh, the, being that we said, you know, there's nothing new in doctrine. It's all, you know, that's the the Hebrews one. In these last days, he has spoken. It doesn't say he's speaking or he will speak through Jesus. He has spoken. So Jesus, and I don't mean Jesus doesn't speak today or that he doesn't give us. Encouragement, or right. you know, Holy Spirit brings the words alive, but but He Jesus spoke, and they put it in here, and the canons closed. Don't add or take away from it. So mm-hmm. so you can you can get get the words of Jesus, but then the the creeds have unchanged over the years. They are so rich, no doubt. I mean, they 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 are the you know the Westminster Confession, the Nicene Creed, the uh, Heidelberg Confession, the um, Oh, there's several others. I can't remember all the names of them now. Yeah, but. There's
1: there's there's many of them. And, and the interesting part is there's a few doctrinal distinctions and few and few of them. But most of them yeah. are are speaking the plain truths of the faith as from Scripture and just 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 articulating these sort of. Uh, you know biblical passion is really like a simplistic systematic theology um not meaning you know some people hear the word systematic and they're like oh you're trying to put a system on the Bible no it's naturally looking at the things the Bible exalts the things that are imperative and and focusing on those so it's not the work of man it's the work of God and saying that there seems to be a thread of redemption through the Bible mm-hmm. and the scripture testifies to that and there seems to be a so it I think that's a a very, you know, I think sometimes because um, because there has been legalism or dead doctrine in the past that we we think anything liturgical or traditional or, um, you know, sort of like creedish, you know, we want to reject it all because it's just like, oh, that's just old fashioned. We don't have to do that. Um, it's not a question of if you have to do that. It's a question, is it beneficial? And so I, th- I think the biggest thing we we think of the word legalism the wrong way. The word legalism actually is really talking about are we adding anything to this? You know, it's legalistic to say that you have to do something that the Bible doesn't say you have to do. It's legalistic to say that there are parts of the old covenant that Christ has been fulfilled in Christ that you still have to live up to. This is what legalism is. The idea of living according to the word of God for the glory of God. There's nothing legalistic about it. It's, it's the most beautiful part of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Not that we're earning our salvation, but that we're we're able through the Spirit of God to live the things out. Let me say two things in regards to the stuff you you were just saying. Here's my great plea to anybody who really is in a place in their life where they're hungry to know God and to you know sometimes maybe you've been living for God for a long time or you thought you were saved but you weren't and your are just eyes have been opened and your heart is hungry and you're ready to go um, two things I would do and this isn't besmirching any of the things I'm about to mention just remember that they're not the authority right there may be things your parents taught you that were good there may be things that your denomination taught you no matter what your denomination there may be in things you grew mm-hmm. up thinking but as a believer every one of those things need to be tested according to god's word and if you That's come right. across something in the scripture that goes against something you were raised i mean there's many i was had many great preachers and men in my life that i love and and taught me god's word but i would say i probably disagree because i think the word of god teaches something slightly different there i'm not demonizing them i'm just saying i want to know god from his word um, that person is going to ask and receive seek and knock you know the door is going to be open to that person because they're elevating the word of god above anything else as a pastor my charge to my congregation was always listen don't elevate my words or my listen i'm subject to the word that i'm preaching to you so there is no like just listen to me and don't ask any questions i got a new revelation on god's word no if you came up to me and said pastor what you said doesn't seem to line up with another part of scripture one of three things are going to happen one is you might correct me and as a biblical student i would gladly receive it two there might be a part of the bible you just don't understand yet and i could explain to you why this isn't out of context or three I could give you the academic explanation and say, well, there really are two or three views on this. I kind of lean towards this one, but there's biblical evidence for these other two. This is about being a student of God's Word first and foremost as a pastor, but as a Christian.
0: Yeah, you're, you, 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 uh, I was almost gonna interrupt you there, but you actually touched on the exact same point I was gonna make when we're talking about charge them not to, to teach these doctrines uh, incorrectly or contend for the faith. <clears throat> We're we're approaching that. Yeah, you know, let's let's just say I I hear you preach or teach or write something, and I kind of feel like you know, Josh, I think you kind of missed it there, and and I come to you with this with love, and I say, hey, Josh, I want, you know, I want to charge you this. That seems to be a different doctrine, and then all of a sudden you open up the scripture to me, and and I go like, oh, it's different than my mom taught me. <laughs> right. It's different than you know, <clears throat> Pastor Smith taught me when I was twelve, but it's and it's different than what I've believed, but. So I'm coming to you almost like, you know, I want to correct you, but but you're you're coming if you're coming in the spirit of love, uh, mm-hmm. that issues from a pure heart, you may actually leave that conversation saying like, oh man, I I went to kind of help bring some correction to my brother and, and my sister, and they actually brought me into a greater truth, and that's no doubt that's a healthy thing. Yeah.
1: And the question is really, do you want to know about God and protect your sacred doctrines, or do you want to know God? And I think for me. And listen, we can all get in a moment of defensiveness, or you know, our hearts can be hardened towards correction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have seasons or moments of that. But the truth is, is uh, that the, and I think this is something that really is a great model. The longer you consume God's Word, line on line, word by word, you're you're learning the precepts of God in context. Um, not only do you detect false doctrine easier. But you stop losing appetite for the man centered stuff that you used to love. There were preachers I used to love. I'm like, man, they're great. There was something about their delivery, but really at the core of it, they were saying what my flesh wanted to hear. And I so desperately wanted to hear it. Man, all the things I wished were true are true. And that if, you know, and I'm almost there to my hopes and my dreams. I think we've talked about this many times but a man that is constantly pointing putting his finger in the word like you like to say and 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 when his finger gets tired putting the other finger in the word the guy that's elevating the word of god and the guy that's elevating christ now they will talk about christ in false churches but it's always for the sake of elevating man christ is great so you can be great christ ever can you know it's like this this sort of instead of just elevating christ i think as, as you study God's word, you begin to notice those subtle differences. Mm-hmm. Um, you've heard this a thousand times, preachers have said it, I didn't make it up, but they always like to say that, you know, in training for the secret service, that while it's good to understand what false bills look like, you know, yeah. false <clears throat> currency um, forgeries and things like that, the most important thing that the, that the uh, person studying false for, for, or counterfeit,
0: counterfeit, excuse me, counterfeit
1: currency can do is to know the genuine article mm-hmm. in and out. So even if they don't know exactly why it's not the same, they know the the the, the real article so well that there's something that just catches their eye. That's the seal or the, the reflection or the print or the paper. And I think this is, it is imperative that we contend for the faith and call out false teaching. And in some cases, fall, call out false teachers by name. But it's more imperative that we preach sound doctrine um, and and do those things equally.
0: Yeah, and and imperative for the for people, that maybe if they're not preachers, to to know sound doctrine to guide your family, to be an evangelist, to do the work of an evangelist, to build up the body of Christ. You know, edifying one another, teaching one another, admonishing one another, correcting one another. Uh, that that comes from these things we're talking about today. The you know, and so I just want to. Kind of, there was a thought I was having earlier. I just want to finish it, and so you're tethered to the Scripture. You can look at the creeds, and then you and I both I think would recommend some of the older writers first. Um, If 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 you only have a certain amount of time, spend most of it in the Word, a little less time than in in some of the uh, the you know these Puritan writers we're talking about, John Owen, William Bridge. Thomas Manton. Yes, Thomas uh,
1: Manton, Richard Sibbes. Richard Sibbes, um, yeah. I think there's a, another part that I'll just add to that sure. too. So they have these big, you know, doctrinal works too, but there's also something called Puritan Paperbacks. Right. And they're they even make abridged versions where it's not in older English, very simple to understand. That's and these are really simple, like, you know, eighty page books that talk about the doctrine of sanctification or the doctrine of, of salvation or and I, I think that those those I, I say that less and less do I read living people, you know. It's hard to get in past the dead people that I read. Uh-huh. Not that yeah. there's I don't there aren't any new people, but I'm just saying, like you said, it seems like Less and less people are writing about the scriptures. There are some good ones, there no are, doubt. Yeah, and yeah, you still some, write books, and I do too. Yeah, so hopefully, we're doing those. Yeah, things,
0: but, but I, yeah, but I, I just, I think that there's, you know, the anyway, the yeah, the, to spend some time in in those writers. Most of those were in the 16th century, um, 15th century, mostly yeah, 16th and 17th century. And so, yeah, if you get it, uh, Banner of Truth has a lot of their books. Um, and again, some of those are are written um, in in um, more layman's type terms that that could, could be helpful. And then there's these twelve volumes that are each right. volumes four hundred pages. And, <laughs> right. uh, and there's uh, William Grinnell. Uh, the, the full the, armor full of armor, the complete armor of putting Christ, putting on the complete armor of Christ, which is three volumes from. All from Ephesians chapter six. Yeah. Uh, but but each page is rich. I don't think there's hardly a page you go by that in mind that I'm not underlining. It's great some, of the, mm, some of the pages. More books. I think the the um, you know some, I go to the gym sometimes and there'll be somebody there and, and you know they have a book and they're they're on the treadmill and they're walking and a half hour later they leave the gym and there's maybe a little break and a little sweat. Then there's the guy that's doing like burpees and and dead you know deadlifts and you know all this stuff and he's just like. Uh, box jumping at the end of the day he's like he's falling on the floor exhausted I think there's I think reading some of the newer lighter uh, stuff that's meant to sell well right uh, mm-hmm. that's that's trying to um, speak to the most common denominator rather than drawing people into something deeper is like the person on the treadmill it's good for you and, and go for it, you know, I'm all out. Better than sitting on the couch watching TV eating potato right. chips. Um, mm. But if you really want to be, you know, if, if you want to be a good soldier, if you want to contend, you know, for the prize, mm. then I think it takes it takes more work, and so going into that uh, thing, and so mm. now here's what I would also say then, in, in my and I'll conclude here. If you find yourself, which I have many times, finding it easier to get more out of the treadmill book or the deep sweating book, you know, uh, and you turn to scripture and you go like, man, I'm just not getting that. That's a problem. I think. Uh, and I've faced it many times. It's not a condemnation problem, but it's something we have to realize It's like, okay, I'm really like, you know, here's a book we just wrote. Some of my father's sermons, uh, man, that, that's easier to read. And I get more out of that. And then when I come to Hebrews, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I just kind of lose, lose thought. And that's something to, to contend with your own heart about. That's something to pray about. It's good to read uh, the Puritans, the Reformers it's good to read some of the new new books that are have the, the gravitas the depth of the things of God and there are some out there um, mm-hmm. but it's but it's but it's, but it's you know there's nothing compares to the Word of God and for somebody that's hungry, you know, you can read A. W. Tozer. That's another author, author, author that I would highly the recommend. Of God, one
1: of my, I have five books I recommend to every person okay. who becomes a believer, and, and Tozer's yeah. "The Pursuit of God" is one of those books.
0: Yeah, yeah. Keep keep those in your library. Keep keep digging into those. Who we're recommending you to do that. But but if you're finding yourself only getting fed from the books and not the Bible, just go to the Holy Spirit and ask Him. Lord. O- open the eyes of my heart. You know, Paul prayed that for his church all the time. You know, enlarge their heart, open their heart, open the eyes of their understanding, yeah. and and we can pray that, and God will hear that. That's that's a prayer we know the answer because He loves us to love the Word. Amen. And He loves to speak through the Word. What are the other? Uh, do you remember some of the names of the other books? Because as soon as you said five, you recommend. It. Well, I'm it's, sure there's it's, people listening. Like
1: it, yeah, it's not. You know, I, I've kind of I kind of insert. And I wouldn't say that there's five books that are on my list. Maybe they wouldn't be fair for everyone, but I would say Tozer is one, one book that I recommend. There's some people who don't pursuit care, of God, pursuit of God by and the, Tozer, and the
0: attributes of God by the Tozer. Attributes is, of God uh, is, is a gra- is a great, great yeah. book.
1: Um, you know, I, not to put them in any order, but I think uh, even though this book may be a little hard harder read for some people, but Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis really. Um, was beneficial to me. And then, you know, I'd say one book that I'd put on that list from a Puritan author, I think it's such a, a powerful book, especially for new believers, is Richard Sibb's A Bruised Reed. And this book talks about the, it just, it is such a powerful uh, expression of the scripture, you know, in an exposition of a bruised reed, he will not break in a smoldering wick, he will not snuff out, talking about the ministry of Christ. And, you know, obviously that's a prophetic utterance from the Old Testament. But, uh, you know, there's those three books are, are really powerful. A, a book that I also read that, you know, is not necessarily as doctrinal and deep that just challenged me and changed my life was uh, Don't Waste Your Life by John Piper. Um, very, very, very good book. Uh, you know, it's not inspirational. doctrinal, tor- inspirational yeah. book. So there's a lot of different veins. I could have like probably two or three different lists, some doctrinal, uh-huh. <laughs> some inspirational. But uh, but I think it, it it's Im- Those good books are important, but what did Spurgeon say? We know the quote. You know, visit many good books, but live in the Scripture. Um, Let me put my final thought on. And I think you know we kind of threw this idea around, but maybe throw out
0: one other book, uh, "Knowing God" by J.I. Packer. Oh,
1: that's that's on my top five list. "Knowing God" by J.I. Packer is
0: yeah, because I I didn't want to go back to books after you.
1: No, it's a great it's a great book that I would recommend anyone read. It's one it's one of the best books you'll ever read. But I I just, you know, maybe we discuss the idea of this and maybe we'll talk about some of the mechanics in a future podcast of, you know, um, interpreting scripture and homiletics and hermeneutics, exegesis, all those sort of things. Those words that people are like, oh, my gosh, what are those words? Don't worry. They're not they're not as weighty as they sound. But um, I I, I would say, uh, you know, when when you first come to faith and even other times in your faith, one thing that we have to remember is that studying God's Word and prayer, um, while there are seasons in my life where I am just overjoyed, I can't wait to get to the prayer closet, I can't wait to study the Scripture, there are times where I become dry, we have to, just like in the gym, if if we wanna have a consistent life with God, we have to have consistent time in the Word and consistent time in the prayer closet. And that's why it is much of a joy as it is a discipline. Mm-hmm. The, the days I don't want to do it, I still do it. Yeah. The days I'm not overjoyed <clears throat> to get in God's word, I, I press in anyway because I know I need to. Yeah. There And there are those moments where I'm reading God's word and it's just like those watershed moments where mm-hmm. I feel very close to God or I, my eyes are open to truth or, you know, I just the, the work of the spirit is doing something to me. But there are times when I come to the word of God and I, I just don't feel like it um and and maybe that's because i'm in a dry season maybe that's because there's something going on in my life maybe it's because i'm tired and this isn't a legalistic call to the fact that if you knock off seven days a week god honors that if you miss six day honors it less no it's about the fact that the value of it and here's the last thing i'll say about this there is nothing more valuable than knowing god from his word and fellowshipping with him in prayer and so the idea of the person you know maybe you don't have two hours to spend um you know studying the bible well you know but maybe you don't spend two hours on netflix maybe you put the social media down a little bit it's not a legalistic call to like earn god's love it's about saying we make time for things that are important and there's literally nothing more important than this the second thing i would say is this i've been accused sometimes of saying well hey that's easy for you you're scholarly or you've you know, went to seminary and things like this, but by nature, I'm really, wasn't that kind of person. The reason why I pursued those things is a call of God in my life, but a passion that was born to know God. So there, I, you know, to someone, I may be a scholar and to a scholar, I may be, you know, just a speck over there. The point is, is it's not that, God's not judging us based on our mental faculties or if you're smart as the next guy, we, we take time to, to study and find out about things that really mean the most to us. And so the, the, the analogy I always give people is if I took the Bible and handed it to the guy who said, hey, I'm not like you, I'm not scholarly, the Bible's hard to read. And I said, I'm going to give you six months to read this book. And at the end of that, if you can write me a 30-page paper that really explains the major doctrines of the Bible and sum it up for me, I'll give you a billion (laughs) dollars. And you knew for a fact that I had the billion dollars to give. You would tear the world upside down trying to learn this you'd be in commentaries you'd you'd be on youtube you'd be going listening to biblical preachers you'd be studying this word trying to find the context out because there's treasure associated with it and Mm -hmm. my message to everyone listening is there is treasure (laughs) and that treasure is christ and we know him from his word and and the the dovetail of that i would say is this and, and the Spirit of God is who opens our eyes to the truth of God. So he is the, the one who leads us into truth. So... Don't be discouraged if you don't think you're a very smart guy. I, you know, I'm I'm not either. Um I just had a passion for God um and I learned to discipline my my life even when the passion wasn't there so much. So it's about prioritizing the importance of it. Um, when I was in teen challenge I used to pray this prayer. God help me want to want you. Mm-hmm. Help me want to hunger and thirst for your word because I was I didn't. I, I it, was a, it was hard, you know, but eventually God changed it to where I couldn't wait to yeah. get in his word.
0: Powerful. Well, thank you for those closing sentiments. I think you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, yeah, we just encourage you to uh, subscribe to the Gary Wilson podcast. Uh, content like this today, I think, can help you grow in your faith. And also, uh, if you know some people that are hungry for more of Jesus, uh, maybe you could... Uh, uh, pass this on to them, uh, just comment on it or ask us any questions. We'd love to get back to you if we can. And uh, yeah, good, good to be with you today. Thank you for joining us and we'll look forward to catching you next time. God bless you. Each week, this podcast reaches thousands of listeners. This critical work is made possible by the generous contributions of individuals like you who believe in the mission of World Challenge. Thank you for listening and supporting World Challenge